this a raindrop? Hey everybody, this is Langston Clark, uh, host of Entrepreneurial Appetites Black Book Discussions. Just want to thank you all for joining this month's conversation between Hannibal Johnson, author of Black Wall Street from Riot to Renaissance, and Luke Cadet, founder of Ubuntu Audio. Uh, after their discussion, I had the opportunity to have a one-on-one session with Luke Cadet about Ubuntu Audio, its history, its future, and how he sees his company making a difference in Black communities here in the United States and throughout the African diaspora. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this bonus material. Luke, can you give me um, can you give me some uh, some some insight into your broader vision for Ubuntu Audio and how you want it to affect Black communities here in the United States, but also uh, more globally? Yeah, so um, it's it's a it's really layered. Um, so the number one, I think, biggest impact that I really want to make on the community is really just to have a centralized location where we can hear our stories, our narratives, and really get a sense of what our history is. Um, you know, there's a lot of books about our history. There's a lot of, you know, stories about our history, not only here in America, but what our history was uh, before we were taken from our homelands and brought here. And so I really want to find a way to create a platform that makes these titles a lot more, not only easily accessible, but um, also easily digestible. And so uh, with that knowledge and information, that knowledge itself, um, it'll help for some of the young generation coming up, especially in some of those of us that are older that may not know the history. Um, it'll help us kind of see ourselves and view ourselves a little different, obviously. And most importantly, some of the books that I want to add on there may not necessarily be black, books per se, but they're books that are very strategic. So, uh, you know, for example, um, there's a book that, um, that's called The Lean Startup, right? Um, and to me, the way that we're going to get out of this system outside of just a full-on revolution um, that I don't think as a people we're really, really prepared for um, is going to be to strategically map ourselves out of this, uh, out of the system and, and put ourselves in certain positions to where we have power. Uh, and, and unfortunately, power doesn't concede until it's demanded. And um, in the system that we're currently in, we have to be strategic. And, um, and that's what one of my goals is, is to put titles on the platforms and that will impact us and impact our mind to be a lot more strategic while also understanding who we are um, as a people. You know what I mean? Because you can't know where you're going if you don't know where you, where you came from, right? Um, so that, that's number one. Um, number two is really, I feel that there's at times a disconnect uh, between uh, Africans here in the States, as far as Africans in the Caribbean, Latin America, and then Africans on the, on the continent. There's a disconnect because, you know, we don't get enough black history here in the States. Like we're still trying to figure out all the history that we, that we weren't taught in, in school, you know? And so um, if we don't know even our own history in the States and we don't know, history in the Caribbean and the Caribbean is literally right there. Um, you know, I'm sure the Africans and on the continent aren't really getting a lot of history as far as what's, what happened or what is happening in this country. So when they come here, 
they might not necessarily be fully aware of, you know, not only the accomplishments and the struggles that black people have to face and build up, but not they may not truly understand and appreciate the value that African-Americans um, have had essentially fought for, for all people <laughs> of color to, um, to have the freedom that they have now. A lot of black people die for these freedoms. And that's, it's important for, for, for that fact to be known within the diaspora globally. Um, but at the same time, in the same breath, um, because we don't even understand the deep history, I mean, like um, Hannibal was mentioning, like you're talking about entrepreneurs back then in the 20s that were making millions of dollars um, in today's, you know, today's standards that we never heard about. So if we're still trying to learn about the history here, a lot of us don't even know about the history in Africa. You know what I mean? And the things that they went through and, you know, the stories that they may be dealing with currently and, you know, historically, you know, with the colonization and all that. We don't know a lot of the history that happened in the Caribbean or how, you know, the second president of Mexico was a black brother who, um, who, who was the general of that, of that army that led Mexico to freedom and became the second president and, and abolished slavery in Mexico. So th- there's a lot of history within the diaspora that me personally, I want us to, as a community, to know and, and it's important for us to know. So we want to use this platform as a centralized location where no matter where you're at in the world, if you're black, you can come to this platform and you can learn about your history. You can learn about, you can learn about the stories. You can hear a whole bunch of cultural narratives that may not necessarily be common because the dominant um, story that we always hear are these white people or, uh, or fairy tales um, and not necessarily even fairy tales about our own culture. You know, why can't we hear about a story about Shango or Oshun, you know, some Yoruba religion-based um, stories? It's always, you know, branded with white, white faces. And I think that's important for us to, to take that down and demolish that or at least have something that stands for us. And uh, so, so that's, that's really a lot, of the, a lot of the aspects of what we're doing. We're trying to partner with HBCUs. So that way, uh, you know, you're talking about an audiobook industry that's growing double digits every year. Um, at the end of this year, it's going to be a $3.9 billion industry, and it's growing. It's important for us to be in these industries. It's important for us from an economic standpoint for us to have a financial stake in these industries. Um, and, and it's even more important for us to own something in this industry that's going to give back to the community. Um, and that's, that's, you know, that's the last piece is really to uh, take what um, Dr. Claude Anderson said. You know, you got to build your businesses on the first floor, right? You take that money from the businesses, and you pay out those politicians, you rent them out, and you start changing legislative um, laws here because in America, the dollar in, is, is equates to power. And with that money that you use to rent out these politicians, you change laws that are gonna be more beneficial for our communities. And then from, that, from there, you take that money from the first floor and you start building your, your media. You know what I mean? Luckily for us, audiobooks is a source of media. So we're trying to kill three birds with one stone in a way. And then on the fourth floor, you know what I mean, you, you start, in my opinion, you start creating institutions that can help educate our people. So it, it's a very long-term solution that I have in my mind. Um, I try to be quiet with it. I can share with you, you all, because you all family. But um, it's a very long strategic goal that we're trying to accomplish here. Um, and we're going to leverage, um, you know, these, these white corporations and their so-called feelings for so-called diversity. We're going to leverage that uh, in order to empower ourselves and empower our people. So that, that, that's what we're trying to do with the Boxer Audio. Sorry for being long-winded. No, that's fine. That's fine. Um, one of the things... Sure. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I'm just curious, like, how do you choose the narrators? Um, you know, honestly, they reach out to us, and, uh, and 
we let we send them a script via Dropbox as long as they have recording equipment and they can narrate a story in, in a proper way, then uh, we rocking with them because uh, we're not trying to have certain walls that that don't allow our people to get up in here. So uh, so we're open and flexible when it comes to the narration as long as the audio quality is there. And so there's so, a question from I'm, Caleb Davis. So Caleb, do you want to, you can ask your question out loud if you want to. Oh, hello. Uh, this is Caleb Davis from Houston Tillerson University. Um, I appreciate the HBCU shout out. Um, one thing that I'm um, interested in is creating a knowledge center um, with the pretty much the information that you're collecting and putting it into a pretty much easily digestible or easy, easily to, easy to find uh, references of the information that you're providing. So um, we won. Of course, our goal is to centralize information, as you've been saying, and that's something I think is a good goal for HD as well. Uh, but uh, the process in which you find it uh, to follow up with that, can can college students uh, be given the assignment to narrate some of this information as well? Um, so that way, maybe some of that can be. Because uh, I haven't looked at everything, of course, but everything some some things can be narrated in such a way where students are actually contributing, uh, maybe that, uh, as an internship or volunteer. Yeah, actually, you know what? I was, I was talking to uh, uh, Brother James Cooper. I think he, he's on the call. But uh, it, it's something that I've actually been trying to set up, set up because, um, you know, again, HBCUs, they don't, they don't get the funding that they need. And essentially, I've been reaching out. I reached out to FAMU. I reached out to Texas Southern. reached out to Prairie View A&M. I reached out to a few HBCUs because what I would like to do is try to institutionalize some of the things that we're doing, especially from what you're saying is from a production standpoint. Because there's a lot of HBCU students that not only have the ability to narrate because they're act they're in acting or you know theater, but they also have the ability to produce these via their communication major or their media major. So we would like to try to institutionalize this this industry and partner with HBCUs because this is going to ultimately be a multi-billion-dollar industry in the next 10, 15 years. And if HBCUs can institutionalize some way where students that are coming in and because we have the contracts with the books, we can give those to the HBCUs, have students narrate them, get paid for it. And of course, in return, give HBCUs some type of royalty payback is what my goal was. Um, you know, we can create a, a circular, um, the word I'm looking for, we can create a system that essentially can not only pay the students and build their resume up as far as their ability to narrate. So when they get out of school, like I said, this industry is going to be a very big industry. It's, it's grown double digits. So when they get out of school, they can point to our platform and things that they've done for us and be like, yo, this is, this is, this is what I've done already. And this is my, the base pay that I was getting paid in college. So now, not only do you have the information and knowledge and the experience, like you were saying, like, quote unquote internship, but now you can say, this is I'm not getting paid any less than this. And with the information that we try to give a lot of our narrators that come in um, that are, you know, straight off the street that haven't done this at all, we try to give them the game. Um, so that way when, when, you know, when Penguin Random House hits you up or any other, you know, company hits you up to do narration work, you know, you'll know what you're worth. And that's one thing that um, to me is even more valuable. What I'm doing is I'm learning the game. You get what I'm saying? And once we, once you know the game, you know how to play the game. And, you know, we're trying to, we're definitely trying to establish those type of partnerships with HBCUs for sure, because it, it's needed. 
Hey everyone, thank you again for joining Entrepreneurial Appetite's Black Book Discussion. I hope you enjoyed that bonus material. Don't forget to join us next episode as we talk to Leonard and Moore and discuss his book, The Defeat of Black Power, Civil Rights in the National Black Political Convention of 1972.